Welcome to Piano Rhapsody, an amateur's guide to classical piano. This is a podcast where you follow the musical journey of an amateur piano player who is striving to play advanced level works one day, specifically George Gershwin's Rhapsody in Blue, which is where the podcast gets its name. Every week, we break down one of the pieces that I encounter along the road to this goal, ranging from 18th century all the way up to modern day. We'll explore the history surrounding the work, examine the music within, and hopefully we all walk away a little more informed and appreciative of classical music. This is episode 15.4, the fourth and final episode in a series where we are analyzing the many moods of Chopin that he expressed throughout Opus 28 via 24 short preludes. Over the past three weeks, we've run the gamut of emotions like anticipation, sadness, pride, lamentation, fear, and despair. Today, we're going to round out this emotional roller coaster with two more preludes, number six and number seven, which share a common theme of Chopin missing home. Can you believe it? I found some more sad Chopin music. (laughs) But let's start with prelude number six. This one is a popular one that pops up commonly in collections of intermediate level pieces, making it one of the popular entry points for Chopin's music, and one of the most approachable. Von Bülow titled this one Tolling Bells, which refers to the right-handed accompaniment that extends throughout a majority of this prelude. The right hand plays repetitive, bell-like tones with a built-in echo. The melody of this prelude is instead assigned to the left hand, giving a rich, deep, sonorous quality, similar to an instrument that Chopin admired, the cello. These sonic interpretations would suggest that Chopin was perhaps picturing a cellist playing while the monastery bells toll in the background. This is one of the elegiac preludes, similar to number 4 in E minor, which we discussed a few weeks ago. These are the slow-moving, dramatic preludes that end by gradually fading away. These qualities all apply here, with a slow-moving, nostalgic melody written in a minor key, B minor, to be specific. B minor is the key of solitude and melancholy. The key of patience, calmly waiting for fate, destiny, and the submission to providence and karma.
Combining these elements of solitude and melancholy, while also incorporating the monastery bells into the prelude, gives rise to another popular suggestion for a title, Homesickness. We have a typical Chopin melody played over repetitive echoed bell tones. This could be interpreted as Chopin missing Paris, constantly plagued by the sounds of the monastery bells. Or it also may be Chopin missing his homeland of Poland, which was occupied by Russian forces, and he knew that he wouldn't be able to return anytime soon. Any way you slice this sad little cake, it lives up to the feeling of the B minor key sentiment of solitude and melancholy. George Sand herself wrote that this prelude precipitates the soul into frightful depression. In fact, this prelude, along with number four in E minor, were both played at Chopin's own funeral. Once again, we hear the motif of the monastery bells, but this time as a wistful, sad note of homesickness. This is prelude in B minor, number six from Chopin's Opus 28. We're going to round out this series on Chopin and his many moods with a familiar note and have an encore visit of prelude number seven in A major. This prelude is short and sweet at a slim 16 measures, and it's written in the key of A major, the key of joyful declaration of love. Innocent love, satisfaction with the current state of affairs optimistic, belief in heaven and reunited with lost loved ones, youthful and cheerful. This is one of Chopin's idyllic preludes, similar to prelude number one, which was the first prelude we discussed in this series. They're set at a medium tempo, set at a gentle volume, and are monothematic. 
and this prelude checks all three of those boxes. It's been over a year since we talked about this one, but you may remember Von Bülow calling this the Polish Dancer. This nickname is based on the rhythm of the prelude's theme, which is based on a traditional Polish dance called the Mazurka. While Chopin lived in Paris for the majority of his adult life, he always held his homeland, Poland, dear. And this prelude is one of the many examples you can find throughout Chopin's oeuvre that honors Poland. It's written in 3-4 time, similar to a waltz, but the bouncy second beat channels the Polish mazurka energy. And since this is one of the idyllic, monothematic preludes, we take this simple theme, and basically reiterate it with slight harmonic variation seven more times. And that's the whole thing. A simple, short prelude that has been said to be the epitome of grace and beauty. Another title gifted to this prelude is Sensational Memories Float Like Perfume Through My Mind. It's a bit wordy, but the imagery gets the point across. This is Chopin at his most delicate. Chopin was known for his soft, intricate playing. He had so much control over his touch on the keys that he didn't require traditionally loud dynamics to create effective contrast. This prelude would have made a fine showcase for what made Chopin famous. Once again, here is The Polish Dancer, prelude number seven in A major from Chopin's Opus 28. Well, there we have it. We've successfully tackled a third of Chopin's quintessential Opus 28, a collection of 24 preludes. Even in this sampling, we've experienced many facets of Chopin, and hopefully we can reopen this work in the future. But for now, let's move on to new pastures. In the next series, we're going to explore something colorful and modern, and take a look at some selections from Kevin Olson's Impressions on Color. Also, in order for me to keep up with a production this season, I'm going to throw in a week's break in between the serious transitions, so I can keep this schedule going at a realistic pace. So having said that, I'll talk to you in two weeks.
You can find the standalone recordings of the pieces we discussed today directly in the podcast feed. Check out Piano Rhapsody on SoundCloud for all of the tracks heard on this podcast and more. You can find me on Twitter at Piano Rhapsody or email me at pianorhapsodypodcast at gmail.com. If you haven't already, the best way to support the podcast is to hit the subscribe button on your podcatcher and consider rating or leaving a five-star review. It's also the easiest way to never miss a new episode, and it helps the podcast gain more visibility. Thanks as always for your time and your ears, and remember, the piano keys are black and white, but they sound like a million colors in your mind.